question is I have for you tonight or today, whenever you listen to this, is are you one who takes every word in the scripture seriously so that you'd want to know it? Not only know it, believe it. Not only believe it, defend it. And not only defend it, live it. Is that your life? Is Jesus Christ your life? Jesus Christ is God. He never cast aside his deity. He always was God. He is God. He always will be God. And he's always God. Rightly dividing the word of truth, if they're doing that, that's the place you need to be. If they're not doing that, you need to get out of there. You and I leave the scripture and we don't stay with it, we lose the understanding of what it says. Or we eisegete, we read into the text. This is the, these are things you're not supposed to do. When you stay within the confines of Scripture, you'll never go wrong. I want to say that one more time. When you stay in the confines of Scripture, you will never go wrong. The Godcast with Josh Fritz, where the scripture is honored, the lost are warned, the saints are fortified, false teachers are exposed, and the Lord Jesus Christ is glorified. Here's your host, Josh Fritz. If you're joining me now, this is The Godcast with Josh Fritz, episode 60. Six, ah, 67, I'm sorry. And uh, Pack the Churches is the title. Um, I'm trying to get myself back on the screen here. For some reason, I have an issue. As I do that, uh, that's what we want. We want that up there. There I am. So, if you see to your left on the screen here... Well, it's to my left as I watch it. But uh, to the left there, you see the pastor of the River Church in Tampa Bay recently got arrested a couple of hours ago for having services. He has like a mega church, so to speak, a couple of thousand people uh, at the height of the coronavirus. And I don't want to take this lightly. Uh, I, I'm trying to tread lightly, if you want to, if you know what I mean. Um, and it's... It's a serious time, I, I have to say. I mean, I, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetime. It's been, um, you know, the the flu that was in the early 1900s and 1918, 1919 took out a lot of people. And uh, this is a different uh, virus. Sim symptoms are very similar, but this virus is very different. And uh, I think we should proceed with caution as I examine this whole thing here um, we have um, we're going to listen to a little bit of his sermon that he starts out with here at his services yesterday this is the pastor I believe his name is uh, let me get this correct here pastor Ronald Howard Brown uh, is a doctor Dr. Ronald Howard Brown so he was arrested for disregarding state and public health orders 
and putting his congregation and community in danger. That's uh, according to a Twitter post that I have here. I'll show you in a moment. But uh, what I want to do, first we're going to listen to what he says in the beginning, and uh, we're going we're gonna to discuss it a little bit. So as I switch screens, not that one. That's the one. Now you're going to get me back up there, and there I am. So let's take a look at this here. All right, so basically they've had like an hour's worth of singing. Uh, it's been 57 minutes. And now you have, I guess, the man who is in charge of that, and he's just about handing it over to the pastor. So I'll listen to a little bit of it, and then we're going to talk about it. So, and you need to contact us if anybody is in a situation with food or anything like that. We're here to help in any way that we can. Amen. And we're here for you, church. That's what the church is here for. Are you with me? We're here to take care of you. And I know that they're trying to beat me up, you know, over having the church operational, but we are not a non-essential service. Um, you know, and... Just so you know, we are totally covered by the law. Somebody said, well, what law are you covered by? The First Amendment, the Constitution. Um, not only the right of free speech, but the right to uh, as a peaceful assembly and to practice what we believe. You know, suddenly we are demonized because we believe that God heals, that the Lord sets people free, and we, they make us out to be some kook. Well, I don't... Other, other religions, they practice their religion. I mean, they're free to do whatever they want to. Are you with me? So we free here in America to worship God free. And you know what? Uh, this might come as a surprise to you. I actually agree with the guy uh, on that premise. You know, perhaps his, um, the way he goes about his church services, however he's doing it, you know, might not align properly, but... I agree with them on the premise that uh, is church essential. This is where I'm going to part with him. I firmly believe church or the idea of church or the local assembly is for believers. Now, you're, you're, you're going to be scratching your head here thinking, hey, what are you talking about? Church is for believers. If you're going to church, you're a believer. You're going to be with the church. With the, the, the word church is not a building. Obviously, we know that. But the word church, is the, the meaning is called out once. So if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to be found with the church. It doesn't have to be in a building. It could be under a tent. It could be under a tree. It could be anywhere. What he's pre saying, and he, he's right in this, pre in this premise, that you're free to do what you want regarding worship. So, and he's he's making a valid point there. Again, I'm not going to, you know, stand with him and, and maybe perhaps in his, I believe he's charismatic from what I've read on their website. There's a little believe in healing that man can heal people. I, I, I don't go along with that. But the, the fact that you want to assemble and peacefully assemble and worship is guaranteed by the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. That's there. Now... The question is, when can the government step in and say, you can't do that? And uh, this, is what, this is what's being debated. You know, it's being, to me, it's not, I'm not willing to debate this. I, it's a settled issue for me. Um, 
if you're sick, and this is this is plain and simple, if you're sick, stay home. Get your supplementation regarding the scripture. If you're a believer, you don't want to get anybody else sick. Stay home. Don't don't go in there and and get everybody else sick. If it rega- requires you to stay home for a, a significant amount of time, stay home for a significant amount of time. Don't get anybody else sick. So the people that are there, and I, I don't fault the guy for being at the building, uh, the, be the people that are possibly sick in that congregation. That'd be the problem. And uh, you know, as a as a pastor, you have your distance. You're on the stage there. Everything's there. You're, you're not close in contact with anybody. Get up there and preach. You know, preach your heart out. Um, obviously, he's online, so that's a good thing. But uh, at the same time, if anybody's in that congregation, and they are practicing social distancing in that congregation, there was, uh, there is a, a a a part there, maybe to their defense, I'll give it to them. But that's what's going on in that particular building. The question is, and we're going to get to it: When can the government step in and say no? And this is what this is what pretty much you have to draw a line in the sand and say, hey. I'm not going to stop um, worshiping God because of this is going on. If you're sick, keep your distance. The, the best way to keep your distance is to stay home. Obviously, that's what's, that's what's recommended here. And uh, you want to heed those guidelines. You know, you want to fall in contact with the government. You want to submit to the government in that regard. But how long is this going to go on? You know, if this goes on for so long, then the government can say, you can't go to church because this. You can't go to church because that. Or you can't go worship God because of this. And uh, nothing's going to stop the, the the church that God has called out. You know, if they take the building away, you're going to go to their house, and we're going to assemble together. And it's there, the, the church is there for us. The building is there to train us to go back out into the world and evangelize. It's not there to fulfill a duty. We're not there at the church to fulfill a duty. We're there to assemble, to be encouraged, to fellowship with one another, to minister to one another, to pray for one another. That's when we, most of the time, I'll tell you, for example, in my church, I don't see most of anybody throughout the week. If I do, it'll be on a certain occasion. But we see each other on those days that are prescribed that we've agreed to, that we've, as members, agreed to. And uh, in order to continue meeting in my church, we've, uh, we're heeding the governor's orders regarding the timing of having an assembly together. Um, We've moved our time back on the midweek service to 6.30 and uh, back an hour. So we're out of there by a certain time, and uh, we're not causing a, a, a problem. Um, mind you, though, that, you know, I can, count, uh, I can count on my hands maybe once or twice as to what, uh, how many people are in my building that we go to. So when we assemble together, we're not at r- causing a risk. But for some, there is a risk, you know, and you have to... Uh, the the best explanation I've seen so far on this issue is this debate. Um, it's been Todd Friel of Wretched Radio. I mean, he sets it straight in one of his videos recently that he had that explained this, ha- how to get uh, through this. I think it was by uh, uh, Resurrection Sunday, which is a couple of Sundays from now, where uh, they were thinking about, well, the, go- the government was thinking about reopening the economy and things like that, and should the church be meeting? Well, every Sunday we know is a is a day of resurrection regarding the Lord's resurrection, and we celebrate that. And the his thing is to take it up with indi- individual churches have different ways of looking at this and dealing with it. 
and uh, in particular mine, we're, we're still meeting. We haven't stopped meeting together. So um, we're not, and I don't think we intend to, honestly, unless, you know, a, a massive snowstorm comes in, obviously prevents us from getting to the building. But at the same time, we've adjusted in order to still meet together. And uh, you got to think of this too. I mean, back in the times of where you had the Old Testament, New Testament, and that era there, people that were sick were kept out. They were kept outside the city. Those that were lepers had to, had to call them. They, had, they were leprosy. They had to be kept out. But the interesting part of that is that Jesus, you know, as we read in the Gospels, went to these people and he healed them. Um, he didn't heal everyone, but he went to those that he was led to at the time, which the Lord allowed to work itself out, where he went to them and he healed them. Only And again, only the priests were able to clear these people from being from unclean to clean. And um, the important thing, you, you, you look into the Old Testament, you'll find that these people were kept outside the city. That's how they were able to go about their life. Something to think about. You know, if you're sick, stay home. It's very simple. It's not hard. Um, but where this happens, where there's an encroachment on liberties and, and um, assembling together, you know, for this, for this pastor here who makes this decision to say, you know, I'm going to keep going, that's on him. You know, I, 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 there, there, I did read up on reports of older cases in which you look in when the flu case came out. I believe there was a pastor in Kentucky who did the same thing, and he got locked up for uh, allowing his, his assembly to get together, and he still went through with it anyway. And there was a fine that he was assessed, a $100 fine, and that was a, that's big money back in the early 1900s and this particular pastor was um, cited and uh, he still went about it and didn't care and uh, th you have to have some sense of understanding here so where do I fall on this it, it, it this is this is one of those things where you have to um, if you're in a congregation I'm gonna follow the leadership of the church I'm not going to um, you know if I'm sick I'm staying home you know and it's very understandable uh, and staying home. You don't want to get anybody else sick. If you've been around somebody that's been sick uh, concerning this outbreak, you need to stay home. It's simple. But if you're able-bodied, you're well, and you haven't been exposed to this, and I think I, it happened with me. I think it was um, two weeks ago we had somebody that I, I was near the person where they had this particular virus, and I, you know, I called numbers and just to make sure, hey, what should I do? They said, just stay put. And I had to make a decision, and I stayed as far away possible as I could in my local church and didn't interact that much, talk, spoke, didn't lead the singing. Actually, it was last week. Last week, I didn't lead the singing in my church because um, that's where you have your hands on the pulpit and things like that. You're up front. I refrained from doing that because I didn't want to put my hands on anything. I didn't touch the doors, and I didn't shake hands. So, you know, th those are things you don't do, and you keep your hands to yourself. And very, very simple guidelines, and we got through it. You know, nobody else at the church is sick. Um, we're, there are people that are at risk, and we kept our distance. It can be done, but in a large building like that that this gentleman's in, very tall order, very hard to do. And um, you know, if this keeps on going and it, it gets to the point where it's ridiculous, then this man has a, an accurate claim, and I would agree with him. Um, and his premise, too, I think what he goes on to say, I don't know if it's in this sermon, but a statement that he made, you know, if you're going to close my church up, he's, he said, you know, close the Home Depots down, close the Costco's down. 
you know, if food's of a necessity, why is the church not an essential? And I would agree with him on that because church is essential. Assembling is essential to believers. The unbeliever, they're going to be there to get their fill in and, and not pay attention and fulfill their duty. There's no, there's no uh, feeling of importance to be there other than out of guilt. You're an unbeliever, and this is my, my pastor said this. If you're an unbeliever, stay home. You know, don't come in a circumstance like this, you know. If you don't believe God, why would you go to church? You know, that's really the whole idea. Not to say that unbelievers aren't welcome. They are. They're welcome to come in and join the fellowship here. And that's that's my—this is the other—my um, back-ended um, uh, argument regarding this thing here is that thousands of people are in that building. And if they are well, if they're, if they're not sick and they're there, by all means, you know— that's their right to go and assemble. Are they all guilty, or are they all going to get fined? This is the borderline of of insanity. So that's why I, I figure, you know, we need to let's look at see what else he says here because he's still addressing it. I'll go back to it. And uh, and we believe in laying hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Yeah, there. And we believe in casting out devils, and we believe that Jesus heals. Let me ask you a question. How many have ever been healed before by the Lord in some way? Okay. So there's been a lot of, you know, media ought to be one of, I, I have nothing to discuss with them because they take everything you say and twist it anyway. So we put all the legalities on our website and as it is, they already twist the stuff. So go ahead, knock yourself out. My encouragement to you is don't talk to these people because they're not looking for the truth. They're just trying to find an angle to shut the church down. And uh, this is about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it needs to be proclaimed in America at this time. Uh, with the exception of laying his hand on the sick, you know, the, the certain gifts of the, um, from the early era with the apostles, I I'm a cessationist. I don't believe they, uh, they've ended. I believe they've ended. They're not there anymore. But the, you know, still, he's still making a good case here. You know, don't listen to the media. Don't talk to them. And, I mean, that's a that's a good admonition because they do twist what you say. And uh, and he just said it's for the gospel's sake. So, again, you got to make—I'm not saying here, you know, that he's totally right, but he's sure hitting some nails on the head in what he's saying right away. Uh, again, I didn't listen to this whole message. I'm just listening to the beginning part here just to outline why. Why church is essential. Of course it's essential. Churches have gotten creative. Churches have had drive-throughs. They've had their um, congregations come to the parking lot, stay in the car, make an FM transmitter, and hook up the podium, and there you go. That's still church. You want to get outside of the car and talk with somebody? Keep your distance. There's ways to get around this. You can see each other as a church. You can get around it. It's very possible. Or you can keep meeting. And uh, again, I want to stress this. If you're sick, stay home. Simple. Simple. And to, to, to be living in fear is the last place you want to be because we need to understand that God's the one who controls heaven and earth, not us. Not us. We might think we do, but God holds it all together. And you know, to, to believe God's sovereign, and then in this instance to uh, be irregardless of other people is a problem. So uh, it's really on the people that are in that congregation. If there's anybody sick in there or there are groups of people or packs of people that are sick in there, they don't need to be in there. They need to be home. Very important. But again, we, ha we're, we have the right to assemble. 
If you want to go out and assemble, you have that right. If you're endangering somebody else, that's the problem. And that's where you want to you want to submit to the government in that sense. So what I want to do is, again, it's because of the gospel's sake, I want to read the chapter of Acts in which we get that verse, we ought to obey God rather than men. You know, you can't just cite the scripture glibly. you got to know the context of it. So very important here. Pick it up in verse 17. Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in prison in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord appeared and opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life, the gospel. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing the report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were puzzled, wondering what would come of this. So, if I'm reading this correctly, God has a purpose in having these men go against the government in this in this aspect. You know, you got to remember, there's institutions here. You have the home as an institution, you have the government, and you have the local church. All institutions set up by God. And this is important. God wanted these men to go teach. That was a purpose. Okay. Then someone said, came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the, t- the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. That's interesting. Who's in control here? Who's in control here? Honestly. They could have done what they wanted to do with them. They could have used force and said, you can't do that. But they didn't do it. Why? They feared. This is the problem. We're living in a country where these leaders in the government, they're fearful. They don't know what they're doing. Having brought the, having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. It's regarding Jesus Christ. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Interesting. Interesting. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted them to be put to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theudas appeared, appearing to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed and all his followers were dispersed and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, 
for their purpose or activity, if it is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. This speech persuaded them. They called the apostles and had them flogged, and then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, the temple courts, and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. You see, it's not just in the church. It's in the home. It's not just in the home. It's in the neighborhood. It's not just in the neighborhood. It's at the workplace, wherever you are. If these people want to assemble, let them assemble. You know, I I get the idea that you want to protect the people that are not in that building. But what are these people doing? You know, are they shopping? Are they going to the grocery store? You're in contact with people at the grocery store, too. Uh, Is it that crazy for this amount of people to assemble? You know, it it, it poses the question, you know, are you going to start rounding and closing up stores? No, you're not. These people are going to go to the store, whatever stores they are. And that's more of a risk, actually, if you think about it. Multiple locations, multiple stores, multiple people. It exponentially goes up. Here, they're in one building. Yes, there's thousands of people. And even they're trying to keep the distance from themselves in the building. You know, this it's a borderline. Do you think God's going to control this? Of course he is. Do these people want to worship God? I don't know all their hearts. But if they do... I don't think it's an issue with me, per se. It's an issue with other people. You don't want to put anybody else at risk. I get that. I understand that. That's why if you're sick, stay home. And the people are going to say, oh, you can have the underlying conditions and not show the symptoms. And Listen, we've been like that ever since the fall. And if God wants to put a disease on somebody, he's going to. You know, that's, that's, the, way it's, it, that's the way it is. Are we going to live in fear for several weeks and several months? No. I'm not. You know, it, it's a matter of who do you trust? Do you trust the government? Is the government your God? Yes, we respect them. Yes, we submit to their authority. But if it's crossing the line, we have to make a decision here and do what we're going to do. If you're going to get your your um, your spiritual sustenance from online and stay home and you think you're safe, fine. Do that. You know, but this can't go on like this forever, so to speak. It can't. You know, think about think about other lands where there's worse things going on than this. Think about the Chinese church, right? The underground church. They find out that they're meeting, they'll, they'll either kill you or they'll lock up your building and, and arrest whoever's leading the, the group and put them in jail. Think of Iran. Think of Africa. Think of these places. And that's not even, we're not talking about sickness. We're talking about just sheer getting together. This country better watch out because if it gets to that point, this is this is bad. You know, this can't this can't go on. It can't go on like this. And I think if you're on both sides of the understanding here, you'll understand that that it can't cannot go on like this for long. It's got to stop. So uh, what I want to do, I want to see. I want to look up something, something briefly, that somebody came up with this, and I found this online. Uh, particular church, and I want to, you know, the dangers that we have when we, well, this uh, this is me looking at it with you, the dangers that we have when we don't worship God, and we need to worship God, 
very important. Um, you know, you go to Romans 1. If you look at Romans one twenty one, it says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Now, if you read this here, they rejected the proper worship of God. They didn't glorify Him. They're not thankful. This is, this is the judgment that God uh, allows and puts people and gives people over to. If you read Romans one, those that resist worshiping God, they know God, they know what He's all about, but they don't glorify Him. Then neither are they thankful. There, here also, there's a response that God has to those that don't worship Him as God. And I'm just reading off this gentleman's notes, which is really good. I found it. I thought, yeah, this is pretty good. Um, good in the sense that uh, it's a good understanding. Um, the results are not good, obviously. Um, Therefore God gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. So we got unrestrained sensuality. You have a perverted sexuality and a destroyed sensibility. Now, this is the problem with our country. Our country is already involved in this. Um, now, is this virus a result of that? Now, there's no correlation to it, but the more sin that the nation heaps up, I'm not surprised that there's a virus. You know, I'm not surprised because we don't have a country that's repentant. We don't have that. That's that. That's our. That's our biggest problem in this country is a, is a continuance in. Killing children, a continuance in. Being confused on gender, being confused that knowing that there's only two, male and female, and. Being confused in allowing homosexual marriage is another one. There's liars too. We have liars. We have all all types of things. All sins of the flesh, not just those three that I, the first three that I mentioned, but this country is is has lies. It rewards the criminal. You know all these things. There's no justice in the streets. You know these are things in this country that we're we're feeling. You know, and for this virus, you know, you know, I, you know God's allowing it. <laughs> He's allowing it to take its course, and. Um, I can't personally make a correlation because of that, but it doesn't sound far from it, you know, because the, we have a country that doesn't honor God. And there's no other way to, to describe it, you know. If we were to go and honor God and worship God and repent of our sins, you know, lying is just as bad as, as, as murder. It's all black and bad in the eyes of God. Dark. It's darkness. It's bad. It's bad in the eyes of God. And this is, you know, this is, I believe, I have a different eschatology than most of my brethren here on the uh, on the network. But, um, you know, I believe that it's going to get worse. You know, th th this is just, this is the tip of the iceberg. It's not, you know, I don't think, and I don't think, and I don't know, obviously, but uh, I don't think that this is even close to what's coming after this, you know, there, there's a way in which this nation will get worse, the world will get worse, 
and um, you know, until the Lord comes, it's only going to get worse. There's only the only way to do that. And this is why the believer, it's so important to meet together. We're looking for the coming of our Lord, you know, and uh, that's that should be on our mind already. If that's on your mind, you're going to be at peace. You're not going to be striving and going after things and worrying and being concerned and anxious. You're going to be trusting the Lord. And that's that's really where the believer needs to be. Keep in contact with your people at church. I mean, I do from time to time. I'm, I'm in a group that we, we read the scripture together, but, uh, you know, we might text one another throughout the week. But, again, however, whatever you're doing to stay together, do it. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be with next to them, right next to them. You can shoot a text. You can drop something off. You know, keep your distance to, to not getting sick. But I honestly think this man in Tampa Bay, he shouldn't have been arrested. I mean, that's my opinion. You can take it or leave it out. He should have, if he, he didn't heed an order that was directed at him and he didn't, and he disobeyed it, maybe a fine, you know, that that's that's one thing. But to be arrested for that, I mean, that's all he was doing was getting together with his assembly. So a lot of people disagree on this. A lot of people have uh, different ideas, you know, regarding what to do in that situation. And uh, some churches are monitoring it, meaning they've uh, they don't meet together, but they have an online stream and they do that. But they're monitoring it, meaning they're not always going to have that. And having church, if you want to say it, having church regards re- requires you to be together. It's not this looking at a screen and not being with them. That's not church. You're watching somebody. That's what you're doing. Um, are you bearing up on the, uh, up one another's burdens? You know, I- in this case, if we had like elderlies that were coming to our church, then we would say, "Hey, just stay back for a little bit and equip them with some how to listen." You know, help them out. Again, it's I think it's per per the location, the local church. What are you, what are your elders saying? What are your pastors saying? What are your trustees saying you know what are they all saying are they what is your church leadership saying you want to get together or have it offline you know that's where i would go with this it's it's not a i'm breaking with you and it's not a uh, secondary or tertiary issue where you where you you part ways with them and anathematize them that i don't believe in that but uh it is there's a wide separation here i think you should go with the local church and heed what they say. And uh, these people, you know, they freely wanted to assemble. I don't think it's a good idea to target them out and say, you can't do that. You know, I, I just think it's a, a big problem. So hopefully what I want to do, I want to find this uh, part where Todd Friel makes this point. Let me just. It's time for Wretched Radio. With I'm going to scroll ahead. I think it's further up and. Todd Field makes a really good point, so I want to share that with you. I'm not sure where he makes it, though. I think it's up further in the video. Not. Every Sunday, I think, is a celebration of the resurrection. <coughs> and yet, because we see that that is an annual recurring remembrance, it is indeed a special day. Are we sinning if we don't get together on Easter? And the answer to that question, I think, should be left to different churches to make those decisions. I really do. I know what I would do, but I don't think that I would be right-minded to make a law where there is no law. There's going to be Christians that just flat-out see this differently, and they're not heretics. 
They're not trying to be defiers of clear commandments. Now, if they've got some wonky motivations for it, that's another thing. But I think we need to allow some liberty for other Christians to make decisions we might not make. Another question that is a bit more persistent now these days as we make it into multiple weeks of coronavirus lockdown, the Lord's table. What about communion? We're supposed to be doing that regularly. Some would say weekly. Some would say as often as we get together. Some have different patterns. But all of those patterns are now being challenged, aren't they? Should we, perhaps, start doing communion via the Internet like we're doing church? Should we, as individual families, start taking communion? Different people are going to have different takes on that. Let me share with you some thoughts for starters from Nine Marks. This is well, actually it's Capitol Hill Baptist Church, Mark Devers Church. This is regarding communion, the Lord's table. The physical act of gathering is essential. So if you're going to do communion, it needs to be with your local body because that is an aspect of it. Now remember, what are we remembering when we get together for communion? Stopping him there. Um, that's the point, actually, I wanted to share with you. I kind of let that go on for too long. But he makes a great point. You know, he makes the great point. Let the ch- let your local church be the ones to dictate or decide, hey, we're going to go this route. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's the best decision you can make. Because the longer this gets, um, obviously, uh, as of recent days, uh, the federal government says to recommend these guidelines that they put out to go through April 30th. So what are you going to do? Are you going to keep staying home or are you going to obey the government in regards to that? Or are they making the right decision? You know, do you depend upon man or do you depend upon God? you got to make a decision there. Our church, we haven't stopped meeting. So I know that to some that might disturb many, but uh, we haven't stopped. Um, you know, everybody's going to go get something to eat. Everybody's going to go fill those necessities that they have but what about your spiritual growth? What about your relationships with your fellow sheep in your uh, with your shepherd? That family, the family of God, that's important. That family's going on into eternity. That's going to go beyond this life. That's the family you need to be concerned about. And uh, you know, Todd Field makes a really excellent point there. He said uh, he said enough uh, actually to be honest with you. So that was really good. But the um you know, the blessing of it all is to know that this is conversations are starting. You know, there are opportunities to share the gospel with people, and uh, a lot of people are worried, a lot of people are concerned. And, um, you know, when you have the Lord and uh, know this, if you know the Lord and the Lord knows you, and you have a relationship with Him, you have everything you need. You have everything you need. You know, don't worry about your monetary or your um, daily supply. That all comes from God anyway. He blesses those he wants to bless. He, he even blesses the uh, the unjust, the ungodly. And he blesses the godly. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And uh, he sustains his creation. Very important that we know this. And, uh, you know, not people people don't know this. That's the problem. You need to know that. You need to know that you can't, you don't have to fear. You need to depend upon God. It's so easy to say, but I have to do this. I have to do the same thing. Do I have concerns? Yes. Do I get worried? Yes. You know, but in a time like this, we need to draw closer to God. How do you do that? 
pick up the Bible, study the Bible, pray for somebody else. Think about somebody else. Don't think about yourself. Help somebody else out. Take the focus off yourself and your concerns and your worries and place them on somebody else, meaning help them. Help somebody. Do what you can to share the gospel. That's peace. It's a gospel of peace. A lot of people don't have peace today. They have turmoil. If they only knew Christ, he's the only one that could set you free. If you're an unbeliever and you're watching this, and you're seeing all oh, these Christians are talking about church and blah, 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 look to the scripture. Follow the, 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 the word of God. And you're going to observe Christians on how they behave about this. Follow the one that's consistent. Look at the one who's consistent, preaching all the time, not wavering. But actually look at the Lord and how he did, dealt with these things. He was able to do it because he's God. He went up to these people and healed them of their leprosy. But he told them, go to the priest, get cleared. And how did he heal? He healed completely. Something to think about. you know. But for me, if that guy wants to assemble, if he wants to get his group together, I don't have a problem with it. I don't. I don't see it as an issue. I don't see it as a, as a again, for anybody in that place that's sick and concerned, they need to stay home. Yes. Those are the people that are at risk. But if a, somebody wants to preach the gospel, I'm going to go there and go go listen to it. Obviously, his, his system probably of theology is wonky, and I don't think I can go with it. But what did the Lord say to the disciples that were seeing these other people casting out demons and healing people and and Jesus said, let them go. They're not against me. If they're not against Christ, you have the liberty to do what you want to do regarding the gospel and preaching it. You know, you don't see me going to the Catholic Church saying, hey, you need to shut it down. You don't see me going to the Pentecostal Church saying, hey, you need to shut it down. Or the Methodist Church or um, the Seventh-day Adventists or the Jehovah's Witnesses. They're a cult, by the way. But uh, Or the Mormons. You don't see me going there and shutting them down. Again, are they even meeting? That's one thing. But, you know, the, the people have, you have the ability to express your freedoms in this country. And, uh, you know, going to church, going to an assembly and assembling together, you're sick, stay home. That's my answer. And uh, that's it. I mean, that's, that's the only way you're going to understand this. So, so with that, um, I think I've said enough on this. I'm only on Facebook right now, so when this airs on YouTube, you're gonna, um, I'll be there in the comments and talking about it, but uh, I decided to go on Facebook today just because I wanted to give an audience a way to, to watch. So, with that, I believe I am through here on the Godcast. So, God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. I'll see you guys here next week on the Godcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Like the page on Facebook. Join me on Instagram, which I am on right now. Um, the, the underscore Godcast. You can follow me there. Um, recently this week, I launched the website. So www.thegodcastwithjoshfritz.com And I see here that I've had some errors on my page so hopefully this worked well, with that uh god bless you guys i'll see you guys here next time on the godcast bye bye
Savior save Thy strength indeed is small Child of weakness watch and pray Finally thine all in all Cause Jesus paid it all All to him I owe Sin had left a crimson stain He washed it white as snow Still. 